Welcome to Business Matters with host Rob Capello, a podcast where we open the conversation on what matters for business. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First Credit Union, a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Business Matters, presented by Valley First, a division of our, sorry, of First West Credit Union. My name is Rob Capello. I'm the VP Business Development Now Media Group. Uh, before we start, I'd just like to give a shout out to our sponsor. For those of you that are not familiar with uh, Valley First, they're a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson Valleys. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. And they also have a robust business and commercial team with the expertise, products, and services needed to help local businesses grow and thrive. For more information, please visit valleyfirst.com business. And again, thank you uh, to Valley First for their support. Um, today we have a special, we have a, a special Christmas edition, holiday edition, so. Um, but we welcome Kara James to Business Matters. Welcome Kara to joining us today. Thank you, Kara's happy to the, be here. Kara is the Vice President at PubCo Reporting Solutions and has over 20 years of experience, including, if I hope I got this right, nine plus years as CFO for Cisco Canada. Did I get that right? I was looking through LinkedIn, so I wanted to make sure I had it right. <laughs> um, pretty much, pretty much. Um, I held that role here in Kelowna for about 10 years, and oh. then I moved into a national role for about six years. Okay, so more than that. So I, have, so I, I undersold you a little bit. So um, you're, you have a passion for, uh, you know, with the working with people and using your experience and expertise to help small and medium-sized businesses elevate their performance and grow their bottom line. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So, you know, one thing I was thinking about as preparing for this is that as business owners, I bet you a lot of us wish we had a few extra hours in a day, those, you know, to do things that we should be doing. We always say working on our business rather than in our business. And, you know, some of the things I was looking at where you can help businesses is, you know, forecasting and budgeting, cash flow management, risk assessment, funding, business case analysis. And I imagine if you ask a lot of business owners, it'd be like, yes, 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 and yes, but we just don't get to it. So I was fascinated to hear when you could outsource some of these core functions and at the same time, bring all the experience, like you just said, you know, the 20 plus years experience into your business. And, you know, at the same time, create sort of this leadership team or into your leadership team, sorry. And this is where PubCo Reporting Solutions comes into play. And I was, again, fascinated to hear about this and why I wanted you on here. So, so I have a lot to cover. So let's jump into it. Um, so, Kara, before we kind of jump into, uh, you know, what PubCo do, does and what you guys, what you do in your role can, can you talk a little bit about what you're sort of, I know you're involved in the community and stuff, what you're hearing and seeing, just what you're hearing, sorry, and seeing, seeing from businesses right now and how they're doing uh, and, and what the feeling is in the community right now from your guys' perspective. Um, I think what we're seeing, and, and I am I am fairly involved in, in the Kelowna community. Um, I am also um, involved with Kelowna Women in Business. Mm -hmm. So I'm the vice president on the board of the Kelowna Women in Business. And so we work with a lot of small businesses, um, entrepreneurial businesses, solopreneurs. And I think what we're seeing is, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty, right? There's a lot of uncertainty around how people's businesses are going to be impacted and have been impacted, how long they'll be impacted for. Um, there's a lot of fear around that. Um, 
And there's also, what's really interesting as well is um, Kelowna Women in Business does hold these pop-up events right. where we will have a member who will hold sort of, I guess, a bit of an open house. Um, and the last one we did was at Secure Right. So they're right. a storage facility. Um, and we weren't sure what, um, you know, we weren't sure how many people were going to attend. And we actually had really good attendance. We sold out, we, um, with COVID protocols, we could only get 20 people in the space. So we, we, you know, definitely were able to do that. And I think there's this really, there's a desire for people because you're spending more time at home, there's a desire to still have that contact. Right. And so people still want to be able to network, but they want to be able to do it in a safe place. We're also seeing that a lot of people are taking advantage of Kelowna Women in Business Coffee and Collab. Mm -hmm. um, again, because people are having to look at their business and say, how do I pivot? You know, how do I react to what's happening with COVID and still continue to grow, still continue to prosper? And so they're looking for advice. They're looking to find out what other business owners are doing as well. Right. And, you know, maybe take away some, you know, some good valuable tips and, and points from that. Um, so there's uncertainty. I think there's still a need for networking, mm -hmm. for talking about your business, for getting advice and for getting help. And so you can do that through organizations like the Kelowna Women in Business, but there's also a real good opportunity to take a look at companies that will offer you those outsource services as well right. to help get you through this. What's well, interesting because I think what comes to the forefront is that some businesses realize you don't have to be in the office. So now when you outsource some of these services and, you know, and some businesses are looking for ways to cut costs or, or be more efficient or, and don't know. Like they just don't know what we should do, where those services come in. So, um, but I, I think the biggest, the word that I hear all the time, and you said it a few times is uncertainty. That's where the struggle comes in for businesses when you don't know. You just don't know what, to, Never mind, tomorrow's gonna hold, what a 1 p.m. announcement today is gonna hold, right? So you don't, you're kind of just waiting to hear. So um, can we talk a little bit about Pubco before we sort of jump in is, is so Pubco Reporting Solutions, can you just, let let sort of the audience know a little bit of what you guys do, who you are, um, just because I would assume, you know, some people are not familiar with 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 the name uh, and what you guys offer. Yeah, so Pubco Reporting Solutions. So we're kind of a small boutique firm, I'll say. Um, we do have most of our most of our staff is in Vancouver. I'm the only one located here in Kelowna. Um, so Pubco offers um, all kinds of accounting help. So, you know, we offer, we've got, you know, bookkeepers on staff. So we'll offer bookkeeping services. Um, we can do full cycle accounting. So if you're a small enough company that you, um, you know, don't have the resources to have your own accounting department, you can outsource that to a company like Pubco. Uh, we work with private companies and we also work with a lot of public companies. Hmm. I think one of the most valuable things we do offer is sort of that clarity around regulatory requirements. Um, there's a lot of reasons why companies want to be public, but as soon as you go into that public sphere, the accounting and the regulatory and statutory responsibilities can be very complex and difficult to understand. And you want to make sure that you're complying with all those, you know, statutory and regulatory responsibilities. And so what Pubco can do is let you know exactly what you need to do and help you do it. 
Hmm, interesting. And where, where, like, where do you guys serve clients? Because it's, is, you know, we talked about Vancouver, we talked about Kelowna, I believe you have a U.S., uh, um, I want to say division, but there's people in the U.S., some of the partners. It, like, how far reaching are you then? You know, and it's interesting because, you know, PubCo's been doing this long before COVID. Right. Um, we've sort of been sort of that virtual accounting department for you long before it became sort of um, really common to do that. Right. And there's such great technology out there right now that when you ask how far reaching we are, we can pretty much service a client anywhere. Hmm. Uh, so we have some international clients. Uh, we've got some U.S. clients. We've got Canadian clients. Um, we can certainly travel and have done so in the past, um, but a lot of what we do, we just do it from a distance and we do it virtually and we do it very well. That's awesome. So switching folks a little bit, we wanted to focus today on sort of one particular service, which is the outsource CFO role, which again, fascinating to me that that's even a function, but it, you know, it, it happens a lot from when you're doing research, but maybe take a step back. How did you get into it, like the, a CFO role? I'm, you don't just come out of school and go, well, I'm going to be a CFO of Cisco Canada today, starting tomorrow. So what did that look like? What did the progression look like for you? Because I believe you had, ex you worked with a KPMG. Did I, do I have that right? Or for yes, you do. Yeah. Yes, so, you do. so what was the progression for you to get to that sort of role, a CFO role? Oh, gosh. Um, it was it was it was quite a whirlwind, actually. Right. Um, so I worked in public practice with KPMG for four years. Yeah. Um, I articled with them. I got my designation with them. Um, did that all locally here in Kelowna. Yeah. Uh, many of your listeners, you know, might know Dave Bond. He's he's a current managing partner okay. here at, at KPMG in yeah. Kelowna. And so I worked very closely with Dave Bond sort of early in my career. And then I decided that public practice probably wasn't the right fit for me. Um, and so I applied for a job at Cisco. They were looking for an accounting manager. And they had a really, really small, small team at the time. Um, they had recently been purchased by Cisco. So prior to that, it was a company that, again, some of your, your listeners might be familiar. It was called HRI Supply, owned by Bill Redmond. He's still very active in the community, um, owner of Dockside Marina. And so I applied for this job at, at Cisco as an accounting manager. Um, they hired me, it was right after the whole sort of Enron, Arthur Anderson, right. um, you know, US legislation had come out that was fairly complex yeah. around internal controls and auditing. And I had some of that experience with Cisco. So they brought me in based on, um, or sorry, that experience with KPMG. Yeah. So they brought me in to kind of look at their internal controls, test them, evaluate them. And so I did that. And we ended up sort of probably about four months into, into, my, um, into my role, you know, doing the internal auditing, we ended up without a CFO. Mm -hmm. And again, we were a small team. Right. So, you know, Bill Redmond and the general manager at the time, who's Rob Sinkant, both came to me and said, you know, you're kind of the most experienced person we have. So, uh, you know, could you do this job? <laughs> and I thought, oh, goodness, like I really like I've been a CA, CPA for like, you know, three years. Yeah. Um, so I don't have a lot of experience. But how do I turn down this opportunity? Yeah. And uh, my uncle, who's a CPA, um, he said, Kara, these opportunities don't come along very often. And the worst that can happen is that you fail. 
Yeah. So why not try? Good learning experience at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. So I did. So I did. And Bill Redman at the time, he said, you know, I think you probably feel like we're throwing you in the water without a life preserver. <laughs> and we're, we're doing that. Yeah. So let's see if you can swim. And uh, so, yeah, probably about four or five months in, we were without a CFO. I didn't get promoted right away. I needed to prove myself over the next year. Um, but then I moved into the CFO role in about 2005 and, and kind of took it from there and just sort of kept growing and learning. And Cisco is a, it, it's a big company. It was a great company to learn with and yeah. And you're still swimming. And I'm still swimming. <laughs> I don't think we stopped swimming actually. No, no, that's right. You don't yeah, want to stop swimming. I don't think we stopped that. <laughs> so I mentioned earlier, I was, I was, you know, I was fascinated that you, that you can actually outsource a role like a CFO. So can you, can you just explain a little bit what does that look like? So, you know, what does it mean when we want to outsource or a CFO role? So it can mean, it can mean a variety of things depending on the company and depending on what they're looking for. So you know, some companies, like I have a client and I work with them on a retainer. Right. Um, so I'm very active in the business. Um, I work just on a part-time basis. Right. But I have regular weekly meetings with the president. Um, you know, I spend a lot of time <clears throat> looking, not just looking at their financial results, but looking at what those financial results mean. Yeah, that's important. And looking at the data and figuring out what is the story behind the data and how do I help them to understand the story behind the data so that they can make smart business decisions. Um, with them, I don't do, you know, like I, I, I don't really do any bookkeeping. They have a bookkeeper um, and I don't really do any, um, I, you know, I don't close their year end. They have an accountant who does that for them, but I'm really the strategic business partner for them. Um, I work with their sales team. Um, I work with their sales team to sort of understand, you know, what are the activities that are going to drive revenue and how often are we performing those activities? Um, if we are performing those activities, are they delivering the results that we expected them to deliver? And if not, why not? Um, so it really is about being, for them, I'm a strategic business partner. Right. For other companies, you know, you may want to bring in um, sort of a more CFO consultant on sort of a shorter, more mid-term basis. So you might be looking at expanding your business right. and you want someone with that financial expertise that is going to help you build a plan to expand that business. Right. You might be looking at, you know, you might be looking at acquiring or investing in an expensive piece of equipment and you want someone with the financial expertise to do a profitability analysis and figure out if I invest in this expensive piece of equipment, you know, when am I going to see the return? Right. And, you know, how am I going to get that return? What activities do I need to drive in order to get that return? Or you just might need someone who's going to work with you on an annual basis to build your financial forecast and your budget and help you put together that strategic plan. So I think what it comes down to is um, if you feel like you're missing something, if you feel like um, you're not quite where you need to be or you're struggling financially or you want to grow in a rapid way and you need someone with some financial expertise, you reach out and we have a discussion. And we figure out what your needs are and how, 
you know, myself and, and with Pubco behind me, how we can best deliver on those needs. And it sounds like you, you're coming into businesses at all different stages. Like you're, you're from a startup to uh, potentially succession planning to acquisition and mergers or, so you really, you can come in at all the different levels. And, and I, I suspect sort of the difference between um, a controller is one thing you said is like you're you're taking the numbers and looking what's behind them in the strategy so how, like so i guess the question is what's the advantage or what's the difference between what a cfo would do for a company as compared to what a controller might do for a company yeah so you know a control is a very valuable position in a company um, not all companies are of the size where they will have a, a full-time controller, right. um, but a controller really is looking at um, the transactions, the financial transactions, they're recording your history. They can let you know, um, you know whether you're profitable or not profitable, right. but they're really looking historically, they're making sure that you know, you're compliant with everything you need to be compliant with when you're in business. So whether that's, you know, filing your GST and your PST returns on time, um, if you're a public company, getting your financial statements prepared, um, you know, note disclosure, things like that. Right. So that's really what a controller is doing. Whereas a CFO wants to look deeper. A CFO okay. is someone who's gonna get involved in the operational aspects of your business. Um, a CFO is going to get their hands dirty sort of in every department. So, you know, when I was with Cisco, um, or I've even heard this phrase sometimes, you know, have you heard that phrase, stay in your lane? Oh, yeah. We, right? say, we say it all the time here. Yeah, <laughs> stay in your lane. Yeah. So I, I, did, I did have a leader at Cisco, and um, he was challenged actually to stay in his lane yeah. and he was the CFO and what he said was he said you know what when you're the CFO every lane is your lane yeah yeah <laughs> so you want a, a CFO is going to be involved in in every single function when I was with Cisco you know I spent a lot of time with sales I spent a lot of time with operations you know looking at productivity levels in our warehouse um, spent a lot of time with the transportation department and just talking about you know productivity, staffing levels, um, you know, even things like how to attract and retain talent, right. um, got involved with procurement. So a CFO wants to be a strategic partner and should be a strategic partner to all of the leaders with, within your company. Right, right. That makes sense. So are there specific verticals that you work in when it comes to the uh, CFO or, um, or, ty or types of business or anything? Or, 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 or are you like a chameleon and can kind of fit in? Doesn't matter if it's a startup, a mining company, uh, whatever it may be. Can, is, is, you know, the, the function of a CFO uh, the same? Doesn't matter what vertical you're going in? That's a good question. Um, I think the function of a CFO, I mean, yes, yeah, so you can use a CFO um, at all stages of your business. Okay. So when you're in the initial stages, you probably want a CFO that is going to help you with things like funding. Right. right? Is going to help you with, if you want to go public, you know, you can hire a CFO that can help you raise capital. Right. Right. That can help you look at, you know, what's the best way to raise capital? 
Do right. I want to raise that through equity or do I want to raise that through debt? Yeah. What are the pros and cons of those things? Okay. So when you're a startup, you know, you might be, you might be looking for that kind of thing. Right. Okay. When you're a more mature company, sometimes you can stagnate. Sometimes right. you can grow and you get to a point where you're not growing as, as, as quickly or as rapidly as you once were. And sometimes you need someone like a CFO who can take a look and look for what are the opportunities to continue to grow, what's stalling that growth. And, you know, they can be that sounding board for yep. you. Um, so I think, I think a CFO, depending on what stage you're at, will deliver different types of services to you. Makes sense. Okay. And do you, in your opinion, does it matter? I mean, saying every, putting everything aside, so everything being equal, so no matter the size of the business, do you recommend each, every client, every business, if they can have a CFO? Like if you're a three man operation or a three person operation or a hundred employees, like does the role, it sounds like, cause you can, you can just offer certain services for a smaller, cause maybe they just need help with funding. You can come in and help with that part. Maybe they, maybe they grow into whatever. Is that fair to say that that, that function should be all else being equal should be in every business? I think so. I think so. And I think that it, you're right. Like it does depend on sort of your size and the stage that you're at. Um, you know, like a small business that, you know, I think generally, you know, the rules of thumb that I've read at least um, is generally around a million dollars is when you want to start considering um, sort of bringing in maybe an outsourced CFO. Okay. Um, up until that point, you might want to think about, and again, you want to think about what your needs are because maybe what you need is, you know, maybe what you need is a controller. Maybe that's what you need right. in sort of those initial stages. Right. And, and you can outsource controller services as well. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of different types of services that you can outsource. Right. You can outsource those controllership responsibilities, um, but also it depends what business problem you're trying to solve. Fair enough. And so every business at every stage is going to have different business problems. Right. Now, not every business is going to need a full time CFO, and right. that's what you want to be really careful of because it's you know it's really expensive to have a full time CFO. Yeah. Yeah. So most businesses won't transition into that until they're about 50 million in, right. in top line revenue. So prior to that, um, there's a lot of opportunity to, you know, utilize those outsourced services to just get that leg up and get that advantage. It's interesting. You said you, it's expenses to have a, it could get expensive to have a good CFO. And, and I've always heard that it's almost more expensive to have a bad CFO. Yes, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. Because what are you leaving on the table? Exactly. exactly. Right. And sometimes you, you know, and it's interesting because a lot of times you don't even realize what you're leaving on the table. Yeah. And sometimes you might not, and you might have an accounting department that isn't delivering what they should deliver. And right. that's another thing a CFO can help you with. Right. So a good experienced, you know, well-trained CFO can take a look at what you're accounting department is delivering to you right. and advise you on what they're not delivering and what you should be getting. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So when you, you start working with a client, 
um, you're gonna ha you have to bring your knowledge level up, obviously, of the the company you're working with. How, like, how long does it take? Like, how do you get immersed into a business like that? How long does it take you? And I, it's probably going to be different. It's probably we can't paint that with the, the, you know one brush. But what does that look like? So if I engage you, you're going to come in, and then what do the steps look like? Yeah. So the steps that I generally take. I mean, one of the things that I learned you know, working with Cisco and, and, you know, I did, did a lot of le leadership development yeah. while I was with Cisco. I was fortunate enough, enough to get that, um, is that, you know, collaboration and listening without preconception. Right. I think that's really important. Um, I think one of the things that, you know, turns a lot of, a lot of people off is if you walk into a business pretending like you have all the answers. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You know, everything. Right. Um, so I like to, I, I listen a lot. I ask a lot of inquisitive questions. Um, I have found that sometimes, you know, sometimes the questions can seem like a little bit off-putting. Um, so I try to be really clear that I think you're the expert in your industry. So let me know what you know. For sure. I, I have a financial expertise, but you know your business. Yeah. You know your business, you're in your business. And so I just need to ask you a lot of questions about your for business. Sure. For sure. And through that sort of collaborative and inquisitive process, um, that's when I can then take a step back. Right. And it does take time. And, sure. and you know, I think of, you know, a client that I started with in July. Um, and, you know, we've been able to uncover a lot of interesting things. Yeah. But I'm still learning. You're learning. I'm still learning. And even, you know, today I spent 45 minutes sort of going over sales data with the two, with the two partners. And, um, and through that discussion, you know, we found other things that I want to take a deeper dive into for them because they don't, they don't have the time to wade right. through the data or necessarily sometimes the skill set to wade through the data sure. that are going to give them some valuable insights when it comes to making you know, strategic decisions within their business. Yeah, interesting. That's a good point for sure. So how often do you mention sort of meeting with, you know, take 45 minutes today? How often do you communicate with clients? Is it, do you typically schedule it or is it ad hoc or is it both? Um, it can be both. It yeah. can be both. Um, generally with my retainer clients, what I like to do is um, like I have a weekly meeting with the president. And so we, we chat for about 45 minutes. Um, I usually prepare an agenda and send it out ahead of time. Yeah. You know, here's some of the things I want to go over with you um, that I found. And here's some of the questions that I have. Right. Um, and he will typically add to that agenda or he'll say, nope, that's good. Let's go through that agenda. Um, I do attend a lot of other meetings. Um, so, you know, I meet one-on-one -on -one with the rest of his team. And... Uh, I don't do that necessarily on a regular basis. That's more on an as-needed basis. Right. Okay. But I I attend their monthly management meetings, um, and then uh, I attend sales meetings. Uh, we have biweekly sales meetings that I attend, and so it just depends. And again, it just is going to depend on the needs of the client. I think having a weekly touch point um, is is fairly critical. Right. I think that's you know that's how I can deliver the most value. That's how I can learn the most. Um, and so that you make sure too, I want the client to feel comfortable that even though I'm part-time, I'm a part of the business. Absolutely. 
And do you, you mentioned retainers? Uh, is the way you charge for your service? Is it always retainer, or is it by the hour as well, or or, or do, you, do you, or most of your clients retainer based? Um, it can be a combination of both. And yeah. so it depends what the client is looking for. So I have one client that has me on a monthly retainer, but then we also needed to build out a fairly robust strategic plan. So that was then an add-on sort of engagement. Right. So, yeah. you know, they've got a monthly fee that they pay for, you know, I say it's a certain number of hours. I typically go over. Because <laughs> that's kind of my, my style. Yeah. But then... You know, like if there's a large project that I need to spend a considerable amount of time on, we'll talk about that ahead of time and I'll give them an estimate. I think it may take 20 hours for me to build out a very comprehensive and robust strategic plan. This is how much it's going to cost, you know, and, and then we take it from there. That, that makes sense. Um, last question before we jump into some, I, I warned you that we're going to do some, we're going to deviate a little bit from sort of business, but before we do, uh, you, you made a decision to not work as a consultant on your own and to work with uh, the team with PubCo or, or integrate yourself with the team at PubCo Reporting Solutions um, who has sort of, you know, a bigger team. So is there an advantage of hiring you through PubCo than go find someone finding a CFO that all they do is outsource their CFO services? I believe there is, and that's why I went down that route. Um, I got to know the team at PubCo before I made my final decision. And, you know, I think if you, um, you know, if you hire me, you also get all of the resources and the, and the financial experts mm -hmm. that we have in house at PubCo. Right. Um, I'm a firm believer that one person can't be an expert in all things. And, you know, I would caution you to beware of someone who tries to convince you otherwise. <laughs> um, so with PubCo, you know, we've got CPAs on staff that, you know, we've got technical experts, whether it's U.S. GAAP or, you know, uh, international financial reporting standards. Um, we've got people that they spend a lot of time. They understand the technical accounting standards. Um, we've got people that have experience with the, the IPO process, right. um, you know, public equity raises. And, you know, what I bring to the table is, you know, strategic planning, forecasting, you know, KPI development, but I'm not a equity, you know, I'm not an expert in equity raises, but I have someone that if that's what my client needs, we can give them that. Hmm. Yeah. So I could, you, you're, you're hiring more, more than yourself. You're kind of getting the team of expertise. Exactly. You're getting, expertise. yeah, you're getting that team behind you that has experience across a variety of industries. Um, and like you said, different stages, right? So our team has worked with, with startups and they've worked with mature companies. So. Yeah, for sure. That's great. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna park business for literally a couple minutes and we'll come back, I have a couple last questions I wanna wrap up with. But so 10 questions, uh, they're just to learn a little bit more about you. So uh, first one is what was your very first job? Oh, Bonanza. Oh, I remember Bonanza. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my yeah. gosh. I yeah, that... I took care of the salad bar at Bonanza. Really? I totally remember going to Bonanza. That's hilarious. Um, who is the most famous person you ever met? You ever met, meet anyone famous? Oh, who is the most famous person I've ever met? 
I mean, I've seen famous people. Even seen? Who have you seen? Who who have you? Uh... Oh gosh. Oh um. Who? <sighs> what was the? Oh, then I can't even remember. <laughs> I mean, I've seen. I've seen famous people in Vancouver. Oh, okay, like um, so walking like, past them and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Tori Spelling at oh, yeah, yeah. in Vancouver, <laughs> right? Cool. Like so I've seen yeah, I've seen people there. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, some people have. I mean, I'm I was the same way. I've never formally met him, but I remember going to a talk show in New York and Hillary Clinton was there. Bill Gates was a was Bill Gates was a guest, but I never formally met them, but that's fair enough. So um okay. you're a reader? That's a tough question because yeah. <laughs> you'll you'll think about it after. Oh Mark Tewksbury. So he Oh that, oh Mark that's a good one. That's a good one. So I yeah. met him at a Cisco conference. That's a good one. I like that's a that's a great one. Yeah. So I've actually met a couple of, of Olympic athletes at uh, Cisco conferences. Cisco. Oh that's great. Um yeah. not sure if you're a reader, but if you are what do you read right now what are you picking up is there a genre of book that you like to read or or, or oh you know what my girlfriends and i just started a book club oh awesome and uh i've never been a part of a book club before yeah. but i'm on my second book um and it's called a woman is no man <laughs> and it's, it's just an interesting story about um you know a, a couple generations of of palestinian women and sort of how how their lives have sort of, you know, progress. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Anyways, it's, it's quite interesting. So if you um, shut the door, got to get some work done and you got to put on some music in the background, what are you listening to? I like acoustic music. Oh, okay. So, so anything like modern acoustics. Okay, yeah. Fair right, enough. like I love Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I am a Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassed to admit it at my that's, age, but I am a Taylor. That's Swift okay. Fan. That's okay. Um, so generally, I look for the acoustic versions. Great. There's a there's a station on called Coffee House on satellite radio. I don't know if you're, but it's all acoustic versions or kind of mellow version. And I love it too. Actually, there's, there's it depends on the mood that you're in, but it's it's great. So. Oh, and I have been obsessed with Edith Piaf lately. Okay. Oh, that's too funny. And so classical French classical music. stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've been kind of obsessed with that lately. I think I'm driving my husband a little bit. <laughs> um, is there anyone as you've gone through your career that you can say that you've really admired or looked up to or seen as a mentor? Oh gosh, um, there are too you many know what? People. And that's one of the things that you know I can't thank Cisco enough for because mm. I have met some amazing leaders, um, and actually, you know, probably the most stand out to me right now um and he just happens to be you know uh he was a, a business a colleague and a boss for a while and and now he's retired and he's a good friend but um dave stevenson he was uh he was the vice president of sales when i started at cisco in Kelowna. um he left for a while and went to atlantic canada and took on a sales and marketing uh role there and then he came back um, and was my, you know, was my boss for a while. He's president. And, um, you know, I think when it comes to leadership style, um, he's who I most try to emulate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's a human being through and through, um, wears his heart on his sleeve and is not afraid to, you know, not afraid to get his hands dirty, not afraid to, 
you know, talk to anyone from the order selector on the floor to the, you know, president of Cisco in Houston, Texas. Yeah. So, you know, I think he probably has had, you know, the most leadership impact on me, but honestly, I've, I've been so fortunate there. There have been quite a few. There's a lot of people along the way. That's an interesting. Um, you mentioned earlier a quote, stay in your lane. Do you have a favorite quote? Do you have something that you kind of typically or a model that you live by or anything like that? Um, oh my God. You know what? Actually, I think that, the, and it's not business related at all. That's fine. But I love the quote in a world when you can, where you can be anything, be kind. Mm. Actually, I think, right? I, think that, I think you're the second person that's brought that up in, in these, because I asked similar questions. So, hey, it's powerful. I get it. Especially it's timely what's happening right now. Right. So, yeah, so that's great. Um, what was the very first big ticket item you bought with your own money? Did you like had your first job at Bonanza, save some money? And what did you go buy with? Oh your, my gosh. I can, I, it's funny because I asked some people, some people are very practical. Oh, I bought a car or whatever. And some people like, I blew it on, I blew it on like a stereo system, <laughs> like something I didn't need. Well, you know what? And I can't remember what the first big ticket item was, but you know, being, being a woman, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think whenever I would get a good bonus, I would either buy a really nice handbag yeah, or a designer <laughs> scarf. Actually, oh. I, I, I really like designer scarves. And so for me, it's a way to have, you know, a bit of designer in my wardrobe like without it. completely breaking the bank. I like it. It's good. Yeah. You got to treat yourself. Like a good designer scarf. Yeah, you have to treat yourself. That's good. Um, what's something that you want to do next year that you haven't done before, either in business or personal life? Is there something that you, you're hoping to accomplish? I know it might be tough now. We don't know what next year is going to hold, but is there anything that kind of comes to mind that you'd really like to get through or get to? next year? I mean, from a business perspective, I mean, you know, I really want, from a business perspective, I'm really excited about working with PubCo. I'm really excited to, um, you know, work with the team and grow the business. I think that there's um, a lot of need for what we offer. And I think that there's a lot of opportunity. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, and from a personal perspective, um, because we're not traveling internationally right, right now, right. Um, I had a girl's trip to the island. Um, my girlfriends and I all turned uh, 50 this year. Okay. So we were supposed to go to Portugal. We ended up on Vancouver Island. We had an amazing trip, um, but I didn't get to the Sunshine Coast mm. and Gibson. And I want to do that with my husband yeah. next summer. Yeah, I want to see the Sunshine Coast. And I want to go see, I want to go to Gibson's. I grew up watching Beachcomber. That's so. hilarious. Actually, it's the second time we frolic came up a couple of days ago in our office and all our younger members didn't know what Beachcombers were or anything. And yeah, it's only about three of us knew. I uh, do remember <laughs> Nick Adonis. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. You know, it's interesting. It's the one thing, a little bit of a side note, but it, it, you know, what's with the pandemic, it's really and it's it's sad that it's forced us but it allows us to explore our backyard and, and we're and i'm the same way like because you always are like hey we're gonna go here we're gonna leave but man we got beautiful beautiful country right in our backyard so it's nice that yeah going like you said the sunshine coast the islanders yeah. that we don't we wouldn't explore otherwise 
which is kind of interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what? And it's, you know, my husband and I have done a little bit of travel kind of through Europe and the UK. And, you know, we've seen some absolutely stunning, beautiful places. Yeah. But we take for granted yeah. how beautiful it is right here in the Okanagan. Yeah. And so when I, when, you know, I used to travel a lot with Cisco. And I remember as I fly into Kelowna and I would look at that view of the lake and, you know, I thought to myself, anyone coming here would have that same feeling that I had, right, right. you know, the first time visiting Italy is just, yeah. this is an absolutely stunning country. I absolutely agree. stunning. I agree. Um, what's your, speaking of that, what's your, what's your favorite place you've ever visited? Uh, I don't know that I, I have so many favorites, <laughs> you know, like we loved Italy. Um, Amsterdam, I, I, you know, Amsterdam is just laid back and cool. And I love that they ride bicycles. Yeah, and yeah. Um, it's like Amsterdam is not uppity. It's just, it's casual. I really liked Amsterdam. Oh, great. But I also love London. Mm. You know, London is a fascinating city. Yeah, I imagine, yeah. And you can get, you can get really good English food. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Last question. If you weren't a CFO for hire, what would you be doing? And I did read in your profile that you're an amateur, very amateur chef and mixologist as well. So maybe you were going to be, you know, a chef. But if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? Oh, gosh. Um, you know what? My, my background, my bachelor's degree is actually, it's, it's in psychology. And uh, okay. what I really wanted to do was teach. Mm. Um, and so if I wasn't, if I wasn't doing this, I would definitely want to be in academia. I would definitely want, I would want to be teaching at the college or the university level. Um, I've often thought about still going back yeah, to that. Still do that. Yeah. 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 I would love to teach. Awesome. Well, thank you for doing that. Got a couple last questions for you. Um, do you have any stories that you could share with us on, you know, uh, a business? And you've kind of re referred to a few that, and I know we probably can't bring up actual uh, names, but is there is there any stories of businesses you've helped and you, how your role has been and how you've been able to bring something across the finish line for somebody? Yeah, I mean, I one good example, and it's, it's a fairly recent one, is um, the other thing that I do with Pubco is I work with um, a lot of our publicly traded companies to put their internal control processes into place. Um, so especially when you're a US publicly traded company, there's this, you know, securities regulation that you have to comply with. Um, and in order to do that, um, as a president or, or a CFO of one of those public companies, you, you personally certify that your company has good internal controls in place. But a lot of the smaller companies, they just aren't able to, to get that work done. And so most recently, um, you know, we were brought on by one of our, one of our larger clients. We do, um, you know, we do their, their outsourced accounting for them, but it was brought in to put in their internal control processes. Um, and it was a lot of work and a lot of effort on everybody's part. Um, and it was, it was something we were tasked to do by the audit committee right? and the audit committee chairman. And yeah, and so, you know, we were able to implement all the necessary processes and they were able to certify with their year end, which was the end of August. 
the audit committee was very happy. <laughs> um, so for non-accountants out there, that might sound really boring. But it's important. <laughs> but it was a pretty exciting day. It was yeah. a pretty exciting day when we were able to get that done. So. That's awesome. So last question, if anyone's listening and has some interest or has some specific questions or want to learn more about sort of the services PubCore or specifically on the outside outsourcing, sorry, CFO is what's the best way for someone to get a hold of you? How do they find out more information? Um, so we do, um, we're on LinkedIn, PubCore Reporting Solutions. Um, I as well am on LinkedIn, Kara James, and we do have a website, um, www.pubcoreportingsolutions.com. Awesome. So you can certainly uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn, contact us through our website. Um, we're happy to have any conversation. That's excellent. Well, Kara, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. And I guess one of the favorite things I love about doing these sessions is I learn about something I didn't even know about. And I didn't know about outsourcing CFOs until we met you. And, and I think it's, if you're serious about growing your business and taking it to the next level, then I, I really strongly encourage people to at least have a discussion with you. See if there's a fit, see if there's an opportunity, even if it's one little thing you said, when I say little, one thing financing, whatever it may be, just start that discussion. I think it's truly valuable for a business to grow that way. And we just can't get to everything. You just, as a business owner, you just can't. So I really enjoy talking to you, enjoy talking to you today and really appreciate you uh, uh, giving some advice and some insight into this. So. Well, thank you very much. I had a lot of fun today. Thanks. Awesome. That's great. So again, uh, thank you very much, everyone. Have a great day. And thank you for turning into Business Matters. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Matters with host Rob Capello. If you're interested in being on the show, reach out to us and join the conversation.